Hello. Hello, and yeah, welcome, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try that again. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Escapist Corner. Thank you. How uh, are you? Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm very excited for today's topic, and um, uh, yeah, all the things happening, uh, good or bad. Mm -hmm. um, I just uh, came back from a nice uh, walk and walk and talk with uh, one of our members. So mm -hmm. we took a coffee, um, went for a walk, and um, yeah, it's just super nice to you know meet people and connect with them yeah and uh, um it is uh interesting because this person's <clears throat> um you know uh um spouse is um uh, had corona and uh, and yeah this person didn't get corona really <laughs> they were tested negative yeah exactly and, and no antibodies or anything so it's uh it's interesting and uh, i heard a couple of similar cases uh actually so like uh two parents with uh with corona and the kids just didn't get it yeah i have a friend who also had it and, and her husband and son who's about 12 also tested negative um yeah. She lost her, you know, sense of taste and smell. She's she's now recovering completely fine, but you know, all living together under one roof and Yeah. Yeah. No, and then more I some cool things happening. Uh I'm hoping for like a bigger announcement of one thing that is still secret, but uh something that I know uh, it's not a secret that will happen um in March is uh, we're gonna have Nina Teichholt mm -hmm. uh, on the on the show, so she's a investigative journalist from New York. Cool. And uh, she uh, wrote a book called "A Big Fat Surprise." Okay. So she's uh, if you listen to the last podcast with Joel Kahn, he really hates this woman. <laughs> And, okay. it, and it's really to a really, uh, really, yeah, really bad level. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, I was, uh, you know, texting with her and she was like, yeah, she, she kind of wrote me why. And uh, yeah, it's not super, super humble things coming out of that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's good for her to be able to kind of share her viewpoint. And uh, I think she's done a lot of... Um, had a lot of impact to the nutrition industry mm -hmm. uh, the last uh, years and our industry but nutrition debate for sure and um, um, yeah we're gonna have uh, Navid uh, Reinemann uh, mm -hmm. here also on the show he is uh, an adaptive athlete from um, yeah Germany and um, so I think uh, that's going to be a very cool show. And um, also talking to uh, Jason Ackerman again. And this time it's going to be more in a, like a seminar uh, live event on Tuesday next week, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, just got it confirmed. So uh, it's going to be a live live thing for the CrossFit community. So hopefully, you know, a couple hundred people will join that webinar um so yeah looking forward to that very cool yeah how about you how is uh, nutrition going nutrition is going well um i did a in-body scan this morning and the numbers were a little bit different um the overall weight has 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 gone down a few points um the body fat percentage kind of stayed the same um yeah. but now that i'm in uh, such as a kind of a swing of things. Mm -hmm. Um, and last week we decided to keep the, the, the calories, the same. We decided this week, um, I haven't heard back from, uh, the coach programming it for me yet, but, um, we're going to you know change the numbers slightly on the, the day that I, that I eat more calories. Um, so we'll bring those, 
that calorie count down a little bit um, to see, you know, what happens. Yeah. Um, but overall, it's it's good. You know, once you, I'm I'm finding that now that I'm in such a kind of a routine of it, and I really do kind of plan my my day around um, my meals. It's not so hard. It, it, it's not as, it's not as daunting as maybe it was in the beginning. Mm. It was never really daunting for me. Um, cause I had such a kind of a, a strong, um, motivation to do it, but, um, yeah, it's kind of enjoyable now to, to play around with it. Mm. So, um, it's kind of like a game for me, Okay. but yeah, no, no, I, I can, I can see that happening. Um, can you still, do you feel like you're enjoying your food and so on? Yeah. yeah. But I think that I am the only person that would enjoy what I'm eating. <laughs> My sodium levels are, are like, are, are so low because I add salt and, and I add no salt to, to ever, to anything. Okay. So, um, it's pretty bland, but I enjoy it. Okay. I enjoy it. Yeah. 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 No, uh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. See how, see how that uh, develops and, and mm -hmm. goes on. Yeah, I do have a birthday coming up, and um, I, that day I'm I'm not gonna you know I I'll I'll be conscious of you know what I eat, but I'm not going to restrict myself. I told my husband that he better get me some kind of nice treat. So <laughs> carrots, <laughs> carrots with some honey on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be my indulgence, but all right. So we have a, um, a pretty interesting, um, topic today that was actually recommended or, you know, asked to talk about this. Um, mm. and it's, we'll, we'll kind of jump around a little bit, but, um, the idea is, you know, CrossFit for people with, um, unique abilities or, di or disabilities, if you want to call them that. Um, and <clears throat> um, people that are, you know, 50 plus mm. with perhaps joint replacements, hips, knees, um, and how CrossFit can serve them. We'll also talk a little bit about um, chronic pain and how CrossFit or physical exercise can mitigate that. Mm. Um, so I have a bunch of questions for you to mm. get your your wisdom. Yeah, no, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So I guess the first question that I have um, is how can you adapt workouts with for people with um, little or no mobility in the lower extremities. So let's just kind of just jump right in and say somebody in a, in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think the most helpful thing for these, uh, you know, uh, if you have any restrictions, uh, mm -hmm. what we're looking for to start with is what's the point of the movement. Mm -hmm. So it always com comes back to this. And this is also kind of the main difference between uh, you know, CrossFit and maybe Zumba, I don't know. But what is the real task behind this? So if we're looking at a deadlift, for mm -hmm. example, the, 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 the point is to bring something from the ground up. Mm -hmm. if, if that's to your hip, to your wheelchair, or, you know, to your shoulder, or above your head, mm -hmm. that depends. But if we look at, uh, you know, if the workout is uh, okay, today we have a, we're going to work on our deadlift. Well, for somebody who's super stiff, the, the technique and everything will look a bit different. But the goal is to, to safely uh, pull something heavy off the ground to the abilities that that person has. Mm -hmm. And if you're in a wheelchair, that happens a lot. Like you need to pick up stuff from the floor all the time so you need to you know get better at that stronger at that mm -hmm. and so that's uh, the main task uh, of that uh, movement now if there's any other movement uh you know somebody who has restrictions in in you know their shoulder or you know one arm might not work it's the same same idea like well 
your arm not, is not going to work when you're picking heavy stuff off the floor mm-hmm. outside the gym either. So um, how can we, I mean, you can always work on it. You know, if it's a rehab thing, you can work on rehab stuff. But, you know, the main point for you is being able to pull something heavy off the floor. Uh, if it's just with one arm, then... Uh, mm-hmm. But the task is the is more the important thing. Uh, it's a functional task. It's a, it's a thing you need in you know your everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the so this is a question for you know box owners or or, or coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, a person a person comes into um, to a CrossFit box um, with you know. Um, a big limitation what are some things that coaches can can talk to them about right off the bat i mean it's already you know very courageous for them to 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 come in um you know perhaps knowing maybe a little bit of what you know crossfit looks like from you know seeing clips from the games and whatnot but um what are some things that coaches can do right off the bat to kind of um let the person know that that this is a place where where they're still welcome where they can still get a full workout in mm-hmm. um oh yeah that's that's a super good question so how can you do that i think <clears throat> like there are probably more ways and multiple ways um but i i definitely believe and think it's um you want to create um a space where you feel you know welcome where you feel um that you can be you mm-hmm. and um i think for most people it is already a big step coming into the gym mm-hmm. and knowing and i you know knowing this from you can even be fit to coming into a gym you're still anxious right and yeah. um and the same this happens in you know big bigger gyms is that this guy comes in he can be he can be super fit or unfit and he knows like i'm gonna go out in this space and everyone is watching Mm -hmm. well well, nobody's watching but this is what the person is thinking like okay i go through treadmills and oh everyone is watching here and then you know that's one of the biggest reasons why people don't come back to the gym because they just feel it's like yeah that feeling of being observed by strangers and being kind of a failure and again it can be a fit person who just thinks like oh well i can't do like 200 push-ups like that guy so mm-hmm. you know uh yeah they might look down at me so uh yeah i need to get fit to get to the gym kind of mm-hmm. so it becomes this place where people are more thinking about how their parents and show off uh, appearances yeah <laughs> and yeah. Uh, one way to strip that down is to start with uh you know basically what we do is uh start with talking to a person to understand where you are at and you know maybe the start is not in the gym maybe mm-hmm. the start is outdoors but uh inside the gym i think the most important thing is to get trust to uh you know the coach or coaches that uh might be working with you because that makes you more comfortable with the you know surroundings with mm-hmm. the terrain with equipment and um it's uh definitely uh a, a really a time for, to get warm into a new routine and mm-hmm. everything and and uh, when you do this uh, a couple of times you start to understand well through the relationship with the coaches and so on you you understand that okay this is how most people are doing it and you start to understand like okay i'm actually one of them now so Mm -hmm. um i think that's uh i don't know it's it's a long answer to to that question but because i don't think it's it's easy to uh you know for uh somebody who comes straight from the street uh being you know unfit uh will probably not you know you can you can put up a picture of that person in the in the lobby and everything he that person is not going to like that right uh you can give that person you know a start kit of uh, shorts and everything but that person will still might appreciate that but it's not going to be you know the way you you get 
uh, feeling comfortable and and fe feeling seen. Right. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think that's um, that's it. You need to uh, establish relationship and, mm -hmm. and create trust. Yeah, and be able to, I guess, transmit confidence um uh to the people to to people in in any kind of circumstance that their goal is achievable whether it's small goals um across you know a longer period of time or some people like to to know what the big goal is you know three months six months a year down the road and then work to there but I guess, you know, it is it is about, you know, as as a coach or the the you know, the owner of the the box to 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 transmit that confidence in them. Yeah, definitely. I think there are definitely different personality types and um, whatever gym or box you have, I think you need to distinguish that for yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it's like a you know not every member is the same and um, you need to know um, what persons you are best serving and mm -hmm. and so on so yeah um, and that's gonna kind of distinguish a bit more how, how you're gonna help people so yeah because we are specifically a CrossFit box mm -hmm. um, why do you think crossfit has become or has um has kind of you know almost i see it almost giving giving the name of being a you know an all-inclusive sport mm. um kind of above other sports um yeah i, I well i think crossfit has tried to um change that over the time and uh, uh, when it started, it was, uh, you know, uh, well, it, when it started, it, it was very similar to what we have here. Mm -hmm. uh, small community. Right. Um, you know, not thousands of members, 100 to 150 members, mm -hmm. uh, but members having fun together and, and so on. And then, you know... Um, other people just saw how how crazy effective the training was so mm -hmm. they wanted to do it and then you got you know more of the let's say the people that were inspired about you know i can really push this i can really push the fitness and uh use this mythology uh methodology uh and method in the best way and to get really extremely fit because mm -hmm. uh, yeah what CrossFit did was define fitness and that was not really defined before so mm -hmm. yeah and then you had the CrossFit Games coming like 10 years later and um, um, before that there was no like big you know media or marketing really happening mm -hmm. it was just a home page and, and so on and you have these you know early adapters just uh, looking at these crazy workouts and like okay I need to do this and Right. You know, when they started, uh, they were, you know, seen as crazy people doing these crazy workouts. And if we compare like our members here after training for a while, like our members are almost kicking the ass of the fittest people back, yeah. <laughs> back in yeah. those times. Yeah. Uh, so it's developed a lot. And, uh, but yeah, so what happens when you have a gym like this? Um, you have 100, 150 members. And other gyms, of course, are bigger. Um, is that uh, this has a positive impact on you, a positive impact on your life? Everyone you know sees that, like, whoa, what's happened with you? You look great, and you are, you know, you 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 know, so much has changed with you. Like you have so much energy. What are you doing? And then, mm -hmm. well, I'm doing this CrossFit. It's super fun you should join and mm -hmm. so what happens is uh, you know there's this joke like you know uh, what happens uh, like uh, a crossfitter a vegan and a uh, what is it like a Scientologist go into a bar okay it's like well that's all I know because that was the, the first <laughs> thing they said you know so 
um, it tends to be like people that do CrossFit and started CrossFit, they always talk about CrossFit. Mm -hmm. And well, uh, the, the, that brings to that people then bring their friends, they bring their families to the box. So it becomes more inclusive and it becomes more like, hey, uh, man, my, my kids should do this. And yeah. and the and the box, if it's a good box, they should start to think about hmm, how can we do adapt things mm -hmm. so it, it's fun for kids too and mm -hmm. and serve the community even more and um yeah so that becomes more inclusive and more inclusive and then you know my granddad my my they they also need this and yeah then you have more ad adaptations to that too yeah and um, um I mean, uh, definitely also, I mean, we're actually doing this right now. And um, um, uh, yeah, today I've talked to three people about, you know, kids training uh, because parents are going crazy at home now with the lockdown. And so what can we, you know, do for for the kids that are, you know, at home all the time and uh, give them, you know, a special thing because the schools are not offering any, right. you know, regular schedule or time so um i think we can definitely definitely fill a gap there mm -hmm. and again just serving our community um, making it more inclusive, inclusive. In that yeah mm. absolutely um let's let's get back to um you know talking about a little bit maybe more specifically about people with um uh limitations um for example, mm -hmm. my mother had a hip replacement last okay. year. And um, for people that, you know, that are um, older, not old, older. Mm -hmm. um, mature. Mature. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, perhaps 50 plus um, that would like to start a, you know, start in with a CrossFit box, but have joint replacements um, or these kind of limitations that, you know, don't allow them to, at this point, squat mm. or, you know, really have much mobility in their, in their knees. Um, how can they come into a box like ours and start? Um, so, uh, I think they should definitely reach out to the box and say exactly what, what the issues are, but like basically, basically, um, try to figure out yourself, um, or, you know, maybe the box can help you, but, um, figure out, um, you know, what, what's limiting me and so on, write those things down, but also mm -hmm. what do you expect to get? Mm -hmm. uh, what do you expect to have and uh, where do you expect to go and um, um, hopefully the the box can you know reply back and say mm -hmm. okay super good let's let's have a talk about creating a plan for this mm -hmm. and uh, you know go into more specifics about um, you know if it's a hip replacement okay so let's have a look at you know at these everyday movements that we're doing because mm -hmm. um, well, we want to, you know, be able to pick stuff off the ground and, um, you know, carry th stuff, uh, put them over the head, right? Uh, bend over, go, come up from the, go down to the ground, come up from the ground, mm -hmm. um, you know, in the best, safest way, and um, using these movements, uh, you know, uh, when it's appropriate uh, in higher intensity. Mm -hmm. uh, um, gradually yeah i just thought of something mm. with this you know more you know mature generation let like the the, the baby boomers mm. they call them baby boomers in europe or is yeah. that just like a north american thing no no it's uh it's a it's like, american thing that we can yeah everyone uses all right <laughs> all right so the, the baby boomer generation do you see a a pattern or trend um because you know i i hear from you know my parents all the time about oh you know like you know joan got a knee replacement last week 
mm. Gary got a, you know, shoulder replacement. Do you see any kind of correlation between that generation and the, all of the replacements that they're getting now? Yeah, uh, I, I actually thought about that, yeah. Um, and uh, yes, I think, well, baby boomers, uh, I think the baby boomers are uh, even better than probably the generation of our parents. Mm-hmm. Um, because they, I think they're still stronger mm-hmm. and that they can still manage uh well they don't have as many hip replacement but it is the, the problem is are these people i would say uh, that are born more in the uh, 50s mm-hmm. 60s now mm-hmm. and they're probably going to get worse in the 70s uh, population and it simply has to do with the the type of labor uh, right that uh, they had the lifestyle has, yeah. has changed dramatically mm-hmm. so I think one big difference is, of course, that the people that, you know, were born in the 40s um, uh, or let's say earlier, the people that were born in the uh, 20s and 30s and mm-hmm. before that, they were just simply had more active lives as mm. kids. So they they were they had to run everywhere. They had to walk everywhere. They had to carry stuff. There they were no elevators. They... You know, life was hard, right? Or harder, yeah. So yeah, you had to use your body much more, and uh, it was not so much of uh, you know sitting on comfy sofas. And mm-hmm. you know how an old sofa is not it's not like comfy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, um, you know, not 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 really that much of like inactive uh, things happening and. Yeah, with the baby boomers, the, the, the people born in the 40s, it kind of, yeah, with their generation, it started, it started the, like, you know, when they were teenagers in the 50s, yeah, well, you had all this comfort uh, right. happening. Uh, right. And, uh, yeah, everything exploded, you know, in the, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. when it comes to, you know, you can just look at how the cars have developed and... right um the comfort in those so would you say there's something maybe in um maybe in like the 70s you know with with as fitness became more popularized Hmm. um do you think there was something that you know that became popular um that possibly caused harm that they're seeing now in their later life um i think well i i think if it weren't for fitness we would have had much more right problems now. yeah yeah um but fitness is <laughs> such a fringe thing mm-hmm. and it, it has never been really big like it's getting bigger now mm-hmm. but you know in the 80s it was dancing mostly right you know, it, yeah and you have Jane these Fonda. yeah you have yeah. these like meathead uh you know bodybuilding studios you right. had those yes and you always had some people you know wanting to do like really heavy lifts and stuff mm-hmm. like that competing in that but there were like so few people really doing that and since like the everyday movement just kind of started to disappear because everyone just commutes to uh, to another place to sit at right <laughs> yeah it, it, it just that's the big problem and uh, you know the the reason for the knee replacements and uh, broken legs and bad hips and shoulders and elbows has hundred percent to do with like most of those things have nothing to do with oh, yeah I climbed the cliff and I fell down right. but it's like ninety nine percent is because well I never I never really I haven't squatted in thirty years mm. below parallel you yeah. Know? I haven't used my knees basically right well the same thing with my my you know my back and shoulder i haven't really used it so mm-hmm. yeah body just breaks down over time yeah and um, um that's the main reason why people why we see knee replacements and all these things just skyrocketing mm-hmm. um uh, well that's a exaggeration but it's constantly it's a one of the most common surgeries we have and 
that's just because we don't use it because the body just yeah it gets too weak and then you know right it loses ability and yeah that's um what about those the you know the, the person that comes into to the box um again mature that you know strongly believes that their body is where it was 25 30 years ago mm-hmm. how can they safely um and efficiently begin a uh, a program um and i guess this is kind of a, another question about you know what can the coach say or or um you know encourage um without making the person feel like they're just old <laughs> <laughs> yeah so first of all most people are not like that they are the opposite they're like I can't do anything because I'm, I'm so old now. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I've had, uh, I had that not super often. But I, when we started here, we had, I had this uh, situation with uh, someone who he was not old, not not even close to old, but just so unfit. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and you know, we figured, well, we are just gonna row uh, like a warm up, and and um, I think we had a one hour session, right? And it was a five hundred meter row as a warm up, and this guy, like, yeah, no worries, I'm, and just <laughs> started row pretty hard, and but you know, from our perspective at then back then, like, well, it's not super fast or anything, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, apparently for this guy it was because lights were out after that. <laughs> they spent one hour just laying around. Okay. Uh, feeling bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so those things uh, can happen to people that are or have been, you know, in their fitness somewhere else and then they haven't used it in a while and they like the muscle memory is there, but yeah, the the body's just not there anymore and it's this kind of overbelief i guess for some and this mostly happens to men uh they have uh, this this belief that i can i can drink and smoke and and work 20 hours a day and and uh, still be a beast at the gym yeah yeah uh, and um yeah so <laughs> the, but to start safely yeah you uh, you uh, you need to like the coach needs to know where you come from like mm-hmm. you you need to know that like, you have an athletic background and everything and you know the sessions uh, for those people would be you know uh, having a, a like a big group session could work uh, if the coach knows all the group members very well mm-hmm. and uh you could have one kind of one of these new guys sliding in and right. who has no idea then the coach could uh you know make a good workout for everyone and uh, probably adapt that workout heavily for that person but it mm-hmm. requires a lot of attention yeah. and a lot of understanding from the other uh, members or athletes as well mm-hmm. um but that's you know the ideal situation is of course to you know uh if it would be a one-on-one session uh, that would be you know first sessions would be much more of uh, assessing uh, right not uh, not doing too much of isometrics and also not doing any all-out efforts uh, mm-hmm. but like slowly looking at range of motion uh because there's a lot of things like hi- hiding behind the curtain. As soon as you start moving and doing mm-hmm. more uh, motions, you start to see expressions of um, deficiencies mm-hmm. or um, disbalances. A very common one is you can see, uh, you know, how people rest their head when they're lifting stuff. That's all, always indication that something is not 100% balanced in the body. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah so uh, uh, yeah the coach should be able to have that time to to work with it and also the person who who does that should have the the 
patience to uh, to do that too. Yeah, um, it can it can be hard. Like uh, I know that for myself, it can be hard with with patience. You want to start now. You want to go hard now, and so mm-hmm. on. Yeah. yeah, and I guess also you know something that that we do you know pretty well here is you know we have these goal talks mm-hmm. um, with the with the members and um, to you know to talk about specific you know, specific things that they, that they want and, and to, and to, and as a coach, I guess it's very important to have the wherewithal to be able to assess and see if, okay, is this goal realistic for Mm -hmm. this person knowing their age, their physical abilities right now and how we can pace that kind of the acceleration of, of where they ultimately want to go. Mm -hmm. That correct. Um, so to 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 better understand the client, and you know, and through you know, either PTs or th- through group classes, but I think it all comes down to you know, patience from the coach and and the member. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So and um, <clears throat> it's a it's a discovery uh, for both. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing that I wanted to talk to talk about and ask you about is is chronic pain um there are you know it doesn't matter your age you can have chronic pain and 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 issues um so what is chronic pain Uh, yeah good question Mm. um i I, uh yeah to be honest i i I haven't researched that too much uh i just know from you know basic uh, basic know-how is that um i mean there are different chronic pains and some pains can be you know caused by autoimmunity mm-hmm. uh, some pains can be caused about uh, from um yeah like genetics psychologic and some can be because of wear and tear and um what we usually see as um, when it comes to chronic pain, I would say there are <clears throat> two things that are it's it's the lifestyle habits of, of movement and nutrition mm-hmm. that usually are very tight linked with this, and they also affect uh, you know the genetics. They affect your the psychology too. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can get to a state where you are in chronic pain mm-hmm. and it will always be there. Right. And uh, it's a super hard place to be at, but I don't know how those people manage it, but um, I guess uh, you can train that too, like psychologically and everything. But um, I know a couple of people that had that, but, you know, usually... Um, this also comes down to psychology. We, as human beings, we tend to, or many tend to, we try to tell ourselves that something is wrong with me. Mm. Something is has to be strange with me because I have this. And um, I'm, I, it's an observation I've made from many, and I think I've I've heard my voice also like in my head sometimes like why am I like this why am I doing it like this and mm-hmm. um, so for some people it might just end up in this pain area too where you're just saying that you know this is a part of my personality this is just who I am right and um, it feels good to have this kind of I don't know safe safe zone where you know I'm limited and um, because I'm born with this. And yeah, it's like you build a relationship with your pain. Yeah, and, yeah. and it becomes like an um, comfortable excuse also mm-hmm. to mitigate everything, mm-hmm. mitigate if it's like social connection mm-hmm. or mitigate responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, very common. Mm-hmm. Like people trying to get you know they dig so deep into their back pain or whatever it is mm-hmm. so yeah i can't work yeah i can't so all these things that you know make your life worth living uh, you're basically sh- shutting down because 
yeah probably too scared like there's too much responsibility and oh i'm yeah overwhelmed by that so yeah those people need probably psycho uh, psychotherapy or help with that but you know from the guys who have chronic pain and have this like i talked to um yeah when i w was on a walk now but uh, about chronic pain and, and running mm -hmm. it's very common though so you have a lot of runners that run for 10 years like yeah i have this bad knee and it always hurts but you know i'm always running and i you know i just tape it i do this and uh, and it works and and they do this for 10 years or 15 years and like yeah well i have a bad knee that's, right. that's the thing and um what surprises me is that uh, that we don't ask ourselves but why do i have a bad knee where yeah. does it come from yeah it's not like very few people are born with a bad knee it, it definitely are people but there are ways uh, like to to work around this and mm -hmm. and um i mean you shouldn't be doing stuff that that you know cause pain in mm -hmm. in that sense for you know uh, if we look at joints and stuff like that, um, they, of course, there are some good pains too, but um, it, it can, uh, you know, cause this chronic pain. And then, you know, you're just going to get to a point where you can't do anything at all. Yeah. Or you need to do a knee replacement. Right. Which is just like such a waste of time and resources and m money. And, you know, you might never be able to run again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, so CrossFit has really kind of taken a stand on, um, on mitigating, um, chronic pain. And, um, I'm just wondering if you can just walk us through a few things that, you know, that does, you know, decrease pain in somebody's body hmm. with, phys uh, physical fitness. Yeah. So first, uh, nutrition, mm -hmm. uh, for some people, it is just getting dialing in the nutrition will eradicate some, you know, there are people with, I can take my father as an example. He had um, chronic pain in his shoulders. So it got worse and worse and worse. And he couldn't lift his arm over his head, mm -hmm. uh, even both arms. And um, the doctors were like, we're going to take some cortisone and you know everything got a bit better but then it got worse and they're like sorry your your shoulders are are just bad and mm -hmm. uh, seems like they're worn out and there's nothing to do and um then by coincidence my dad uh, got uh, talked talked to um a guy who is a bodybuilder actually and uh, he, he just said well uh you should try magnesium and okay <laughs> and he started to you know supplement some magnesium like my my dad has a very poor uh diet um but um yeah for, for you know just within a couple of weeks suddenly he could lift his arms and wow he had no problems okay. anymore so yeah diet just changed that um and yeah it doesn't have to supplement you know uh, magnesium every day mm -hmm. uh, now anymore but um yeah those things um uh, small things can help mm -hmm. um physical fitness it, it, it is i mean dependently but we say the most common one is is back pain and mm -hmm. chronic back pain and the most effective thing for that is to get a stronger back yeah and uh, how do you get a stronger back well it is by carrying stuff um mm -hmm. squatting mm -hmm. uh front squatting and doing all these like stabilize uh, stabilization movements uh, that uh, are functional um i'm not saying you should do sit-ups and so on necessarily because i i think sit-ups can be bad for you if you're uh having a back pain mm -hmm. and you probably shouldn't do you know a lot of burpees and and, and stuff like that that mm -hmm. are exposing the back mm -hmm. a lot but rather you should do a lot of controlled lifts and uh and you know movements and 
I know a lot of people tend to start with going into more yoga and mm -hmm. they want to stretch more mm -hmm. and, and that can be actually counterproductive so okay you want to be you don't want to like if you want to mobilize that's that's good usually but you don't want to over mobilize stuff that is already just too loose right, right? and sometimes you definitely don't want to stretch stuff that is just irritating the spot even more mm -hmm. or you know if it's an uh, inflammation or so you don't want to cause even more mm -hmm. strain on that area mm -hmm. but you want to strengthen the areas around mm -hmm. and you want to loosen up the areas around so you need to have a plan for that you know right. and understand your physiology a bit and right. um, i mean we have a lot of videos about that but um maybe something that we we can uh, also do a bit more videos about but it's like just understanding physiology of you know when you have chronic back pain for example that you shouldn't be stretching your lower back and you should maybe be doing a lot of like smashing of the lower back and mm -hmm. and so on but yeah uh, these are like the better strategies uh, you should do a lot of like shoulder mobilization maybe do you know low extremity mobilization like your your calves and your feet and mm -hmm. stuff like that but you know don't go into the glutes too hard maybe because the glutes might just you know even create even more tension mm -hmm. um so um yeah um you can i think like the functional movements are really really good for you need to strengthen that and uh, like one one meme an idea that I really like this that there are no there are no bad backs there are just weak backs mm. so yeah. so it's all really all about making making yourself stronger yeah if you yeah. Have, uh, if you have, uh, yeah there are always special occasions but uh, but it usually has to do with you know just poor strength and mm -hmm. poor mobility that's uh, one of the key reasons for people's um, pain <laughs> and then w w once you start to strengthen um you know your muscles is it kind of like a domino effect like you know there'll be more blood flow and um you know the your endorphins will kick in and that's a natural painkiller so you won't have to take you know ibuprofen or whatever paracetamol um so would you say that you know functional movements you know are kind of the like the, the touchstone of where you should you know where somebody you know could begin yeah uh, i mean because you need them in life yeah and um it just makes sense to be better at those so you you know have more options mm -hmm. um and again like the the nutrition is a big part mm -hmm. because having a diet that is not causing tons of inflammation in your body it's just gonna make your body to heal faster mm -hmm. and you know um heal faster from exercise meaning yeah. uh from that stress but also you know if you have inflammation your inflammation will go way faster i think we have uh yeah we have one client that has been having like you know chronic really chronic pain last months and so on and it's been horrible to see her uh uh, in the state uh, mm -hmm. but uh, she's been working with her diet and so on and everything is you know she's she can lift stuff again she couldn't do that for wow. you know two months ago yeah so now she's slowly getting back and that's uh, wonderful to see i can't say that it's 100 percent with the with the nutrition but she definitely um you know wanted to work on the nutrition and uh you know keep on moving strengthening other parts and uh, you know there are still still some squeaky wheels uh, there but um yeah, yeah. Uh, i think it will get back all right mm. well that was a very informative <laughs> session yeah no uh, <clears throat> i enjoyed it too um and uh, yeah I, th I think we have more uh, interesting co uh, topics coming up but um, of course like it's always nice to have uh, um, topics that we know you know people have uh, told us about and mm -hmm. you know, and yeah so we can 
deep dive on those yeah and um um yeah plenty of topics coming up again um i'm looking forward to to those um and um yeah just um you know we just got the new uh yesterday they announced that we have the continued lockdown right? yep until the 15th of february i think right yeah. the 15th yeah 14th uh, 15th, 14th yeah. yeah yeah and um i've talked about that too and uh, right now i'm on walk and it's that's yeah, uh uh it was so expected um and uh, i just see people flipping out and um uh, uh, did we talk about that last podcast with this um um that this uh this strategy of like just half assing everything and mm -hmm. and not giving just uh saying like we're gonna lock down until may yeah like that would be so much more planable for people absolutely but, absolutely but now always like giving these you know short goals yeah people kind of I, I well this is my what i think people build up this hope that mm -hmm. it will actually get back maybe to some normality and mm -hmm. i can open up my business or you know i might be able to pay my rent and and so they they count on that and then you know they they get this kind of thing and they get a broken heart mm -hmm. and and uh you know the thing of yeah people people don't die because of lack of resources they die because of a broken heart so yeah so. Yeah, and I mean, right now, okay, we just, you know, got, you know, new information yesterday from the Senate, but um, yeah. I think right now it's, it is so important to, yeah, to, to kind of, you know, maybe, you know, yesterday was a good time to kind of clue into what you're just saying, okay, well, maybe, you know, they're just giving us kind of these kind of like four to five weeks, little, like, little clues i don't know and kind of play with that and know that know that the 14th or 15th is not going to be the end of the lockdown but know that you have a few more weeks with your kids at home for sure 100 percent um i don't know maybe that's just a mind game that i'm playing with myself but um patience man yeah <laughs> no um see see how uh we do the best out of the situation yeah. simply yeah um Okay, then until next time, I guess. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you.